0: Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. Now, in this episode, we're talking to Deputy Head Academic Senior School, Chris Reynolds, as well as Year 10 Pupil, Darcy. Chris is about to guide us through the process of choosing GCSEs, what a preset option block is, and how parents can strike a balance between encouraging their children to pick subjects with good career paths and subjects they're more talented or interested in. But we'll also hear from Darcy in Year 10. She'll tell us what subjects she picked, how studying at GCSE is different to studying at the lower school, and what advice she'd give to pupils currently in Year 9. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we speak to Deputy Head Academic Senior School, Chris Reynolds, and Year 10 Pupil, Darcy. Chris, welcome back to the school podcast. Thank you for being here today. How are you?
1: Very well, thank you. Just warming up after a cold drive through the frost this morning in this cold January morning, but okay, I'm all good. Thank you very much.
0: Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. So we are recording this early in the morning. How's the rest of your day looking today? What have you got lined up? fairly
1: busy going and doing some lesson observations chatting with some pupils about how their work's going and then a little bit of teaching with my year 13s about globalization today so looking forward to that one
0: and how are the year 13s feeling i mean they're you know clearly at the top end of the school and looking at what's going to happen next year probably feeling like their their sixth form years have been sort of tarnished a bit because of covid but maybe looking forward to what's happening next is that right
1: yeah, I mean, they're they a very positive but the year group as a whole. So I think now it is, yeah, their eyes are firmly directed onto the next steps for them. But in terms of how they're in this year, they, they seem to be very positive about the year as a whole and how it's gone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very optimistic mm-hmm. for them for, for the summer and obviously for whatever holds in store for them in the future.
0: Okay. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about GCSEs and the process that pupils go through when they're choosing their GCSEs. But first of all, the, the whole system of GCSEs, I mean, it came around... Oh, I'm throwing my mind back now. When, when GCSEs came in in the 80s, is that right? Early 80s, mid 80s.
1: I think so. I was, I was quite young by then, so it didn't really affect me. But they've been around <laughs> a long time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, when I'm, I when I went to school, they were they were well in well in set up. Yeah.
0: I've got a feeling they were 86, 87, something like that. Yes, that feels about right to me. So the parents that are listening to this right now, they they probably got children who are in sort of year eight, year nine right now, and the, their children are thinking mm-hmm. about what to do next year for year ten and year eleven. How does this whole process of choosing GCSEs work? So basically, it's
1: at St Edward's here. It's a very much a, a pupil-led process. So we don't create preset option blocks. So in that manner, then students in effect have got free choice from a range of subjects that they can that they can obviously select. Students will then have three optional choices of subjects that they can choose. And as I said, there's no preset option block, so it's it's basically open to, open to them to make a selection. And then once all that information is given into me, I then put this into a piece of software, and it creates option blocks which marries up pupils' choices with a set of option blocks that are created, and it's. A really successful, highly intuitive piece of kit, and what that does is then it successfully matches pupils' choices with across the school obviously when you 've got forty fifty pupils making different choices it, it, there is a quite a, a degree of um, flexibility within that, and it 's very useful in terms of it can enable almost you know we have about ninety eight ninety nine percent success rate generally within a year group, you might have one pupil, maybe two pupils whom. For whatever reason, their options just can't fit in with the option block system. So in that Mm. respect, then obviously I have to have a chat with them. But then, you know, I suppose that's the balance, that's the payoff in terms of giving people's free choice rather than having set option blocks. But within that, there is a recognition that for one or two individuals, we just may not be able to match up their choices. So it's really Mm. important that everyone goes in with an open mind and thinking about what are their options that they would really want to do. But then have they got a reserve choice, which actually, if push comes to shove, they might go for as well.
0: OK, so just for the sake of clarity, tell us what an option block mm. is. You mentioned about not having preset option blocks. What, yeah. what is a preset option block and why might a school have that?
1: So basically, like I say, so you've got your core options, which are pushed us to one side. And then you also within that, then you generate, let's say, you, pupils want to do a geography, sports, science and music. And those, if for them to work, they would have to be in a set of blocks. So an option block is like a table. If you think of a table with column A, B, C, D, E and F. And there's a mm-hmm. range of subjects in each column. And if, if a pupil chooses a column in one subject in block A, let's say it was geography, then they wouldn't be able to cho- choose another subject in that column. So that's mm-hmm. so basically you can have preset option blocks where students do the core, and then they're given an option block which already lists the different subjects mm-hmm. in the different columns. and They have to choose one per column. Well, mm-hmm. we don't do that. We say you have free choice. And then we get all that information. We throw it into the mix and the software churns it out and it generates these option blocks and is very successful in terms of matching students' choices of subjects to the option blocks. However, as I said, obviously when you're looking at 40, 50 students, they all want different combinations. It's quite hard to marry that in all cases. So I say it's very, very successful, but there's, you know, sometimes there's one or two students who it just won't work with. They just can't get the options all to be in different blocks for it to enable everyone to get what they want. So in that Mm. situation, when that comes up, then obviously then what I do is I go and speak to individuals, speak to the parents and say, look, this is the problem. And we look at the option blocks which have been created and say so we can get X, Y and Z subjects. However, this one we can see. There is a clash, so we now need to look at what alternatives we can put in place for that.
0: How should parents manage things when maybe their child is skilled and passionate about one particular subject, but a parent is thinking cautiously about whether or not there might be a future career in that? You know, I'm thinking about something like art, where, you know, you can make a fantastic career in art, but sometimes parents might feel like that's not a safe option to take as opposed to going ahead and, and choosing a career in something like economics or something like that. And actually, this is a question not just to do with GCSE options, but I mean this could relate to A levels, could relate to university choices, just in general. How can a parent balance those two different things?
1: There's always some degree of well not always, but sometimes a degree of tension in terms of thinking about well, I think these subjects are the ones which are going to keep doors open compared to which subjects the pupils enjoying. You know, if if we're looking at pupils choosing subjects we're for setting them up for A-levels and then maybe universities or careers. And quite often, it's very, they're very uncertain as to what they want to do in the future. But also, mm. you know, it's very hard for us as, as adults and society. You know, Careers are changing all the time. Some of the jobs sure. which may be needed in the future may not have even been invented as of yet. So, you know, so it's a consequence. Therefore, you've got to think about, well, what do they enjoy now? What are they likely to be successful at now? Mm. Uh, but also mm. balance that up with maybe which ones are going to keep doors open. Because we've got the core subjects so you've got your maths your english your sciences and your rs you've got a range of if you want different fields of study covered so that will already automatically keep a range of doors open and then pupils already have done what's known as a morris b test and that's an online assessment where they've done it in pshe and that's generated a report looking at where their sort of like characteristics and skills and attributes lie what potential mm. careers that might lead them towards in terms of being successful and enjoying, and then from that, work it back. So to get to those careers, what sort of universities or apprenticeships do they want, would they need, mm. and therefore, if they do those, what sort of A-levels and GCSE subjects would they want? So they've got a lot of support with that. Mrs Lloyd, our careers coordinator, is also available for one-to-ones, also, also, and also to field questions and help parents with them. So they've got to consider enjoyment. They've got to consider success. And they've also got to really try to project forward and, like say, think about the types of subjects which they're interested in. As parents, we probably need to take a little step back. Obviously, we can advise, but it ultimately mm-hmm. is that child's choice and that child's career and future. So we can always say, you know, have you thought about this option and this option? But if a child at this stage is adamant that's what they want to do, we ultimately need to make sure that they're happy and successful at school at this stage. You know, mm-hmm. and so therefore it's really important that we work with them in terms of mm-hmm. looking at all the different options which are available for them. And also, as well as linking to the subjects they enjoy, they've also got to get the balance right. So they need to look at, in particular, thinking about with, with food um, preparation technology, design technology, music, drama, sports, science, P, that sort of thing, What's the component for non-exam assessments? So if you want the old term, the old phrase, would be coursework. How much coursework do they need, and what's their ideal? You know, are they good in exam situations, or do they need to supplement that with something which is a bit more practical and hands-on? So, mm. in a nutshell, really, it's got to be led by this by the pupil, but they've got to do a lot of research. They can't say, "I want to do this." They've got to know why they want to do it and actually do the background as to what type of careers and that will lead into and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, because I guess that if you tell a child that they have to do one particular option and it's an option that you think is right for them but they don't think is right, then understandably they're not going to put their all into it, are they? Yeah, it's
1: it then becomes a two years of something where, yes, you know, most the, the students here are very good and actually will be very supportive and very engaged, but ultimately if it's not something that is their passion, then they do find it more of a struggle. You know, obviously we need to put that caveat, it needs to be something which is going to ideally have a... a a follow-on is going to lead into something. That's what they want mm-hmm. to do. But, mm-hmm. And you, you, when you look at the breadth of subjects which are being, which are being offered, there's a wide range. So if, if they're uncertain, then it's more about keeping a breadth so it's not maybe just doing all the creative subjects or all the humanities subjects in your options, mm. but it's looking, well, which ones are still going to keep a range of doors open? And, you know, let's not forget languages is still a very important part of society and lots of universities still like that. So that's a very important point to think about as well. You know, how could a language help within this? So, you know, it's it's really hard. It is. It's an exciting But also can be a daunting time. You know, at this Mm -hmm. stage, the students, the pupils, have this opportunity to really control what their timetable will look like next year. If they Mm -hmm. know what they want, that can be really, really inspiring. If they're uncertain then sometimes they just want people to tell them what to do but we can't just tell them what to do we need it needs to have input from both sides so both as pupils and the parents but also the members of staff and the careers coordinator mm-hmm. and looking at this the Morrisby assessment which they do that has lots and lots of information in terms of which subjects they're more more likely to maybe need if they for the future careers it predicts for them.
0: What's the difference between studying GCSEs at school compared to life in the lower school?
1: The expectations in terms of workload, the students always say it does ramp up. You always try to prepare pupils in year nine to work in effectively. And obviously you're looking at the, the, the study skills and the habits and the work which they covered in a huge number of subjects in year nine will directly feed into what they need for GCSE. So in effect, the, that doesn't change so much. But what they do realise is they're now chosen subjects where they know that they, they've got an exam at the end of those two years. So in effect mm-hmm. the the expectation the intensity is the same lesson after lesson after lesson and and obviously, with that, then the homework comes into play. They take a baseline assessment at the start of year ten, and that gives a prediction of as a minimum what they should be looking to achieve at the end of the two year study. Our school, what we want also ask them for is what's their aspiration, what do they want to achieve, and we expect that to obviously be matching or higher in terms of than their baseline and obviously mm-hmm. that expectation brings with it. A certain degree of not pressure but a certain expectation that they're going to perform and that can lead to something whereas coasting is no longer an option you know we hope mm. that they're not coasting anyway but coasting is now something we're actually to achieve this baseline it's hard but we want aspirational grades and to achieve them you've really got to actually put your put yourself out there even more so they do notice a step up in terms of the work and the expectations on themselves as well as from members of staff
0: that's really good to hear Well Chris all of this has been great to hear actually but what's even more important I think is to hear this from a student point of view so I'm going to leave you here in this room I'm going to hop across to a different room and meet up with Darcy who's in year 10 and she's going to give her experience from what it's like from a pupil point of view but thank you very much for your time here today I really appreciate it.
1: Now that's lovely and thank you for speaking with me.
0: So I'm now joined by Darcy in year 10. Darcy thank you for being here and how are you today? I'm good thank you how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Very good. I appreciate you being here because I've just been talking to Mr. Reynolds and he's been explaining how everything works from the point of view of GCSEs and choosing your options. But I'd really like to understand what it's like from a pupil point of view instead. But before we do that, could you just tell us which options you chose for your GCSEs, please?
2: Yeah, sure. So I took biology and chemistry, sports science, geography and Spanish.
0: So biology, chemistry, sports science, did you say? Yeah. And what were the other ones?
2: Spanish and geography.
0: Spanish and geography. Fantastic. And what was it about those subjects in particular that made you want to choose them?
2: Well, I really enjoyed them. And for sports science, it was introduced in year 10. So I didn't really know much about it, but I enjoyed sport as a whole. And so I thought that it would link quite nicely.
0: And which kind of sports do you enjoy doing?
2: Every. I love um, mainly hockey, tennis and netball. Just lots, to be honest. (laughs)
0: Fantastic. OK, talk us through the process. Let's just go back in time because you're in year 10 at the moment. So let's go back in time to to year nine when you were thinking about what you should be doing in year 10. How did you feel, first of all, knowing that you had these choices coming up before you even looked at the process, before you considered which ones you should go for? Do you remember what it felt like to know that you were going to be making these choices?
2: I think lots of feelings, to be honest, because I was kind of glad that I could drop some subjects that I didn't like and some that you know to carry on some that I really did like Um, Mm. and also a bit nervous to be honest because obviously you're narrowing down your options in terms of career you know what you're going to do when you're older in a way so Mm. I didn't want to make the wrong choice
0: It's funny because you're talking like that. And I, th- I think a lot of the people that are listening to this can probably remember what it was like and can empathize with that feeling as well. But they may well be thinking as well that once you become an adult and, you, you know, you've been in the working world for however many years, then actually you, you, you never firmly close a door to other options. It's, it's always possible later in life to change the direction that you're heading in. So so I think a lot of people yeah. would be right now thinking to themselves, don't worry, Darcy, everything there is going to be okay so then when it came to choosing your actual options how did you go about doing that
2: so i like considered the ones that i you know really liked and enjoyed and i looked into what kind of careers they would lead on to and things and Mm. i also like researched different careers that i hadn't heard of you know and i know this is kind of strange but i looked at youtube videos and stuff and what I kind of looked at the money side of things and you know how much money people earn doing this job that job and just you know kind of linked that all together and also Spanish was one of the languages that I chose so I just wanted a language because lots of people told me that language is really good to help with many things you know many careers so.
0: (laughs) So how did you go about getting that balance right between subjects that you really enjoyed and subjects that you think could lead to a good career?
2: I did a lot of research firstly and I decided that I was going to do two sciences and drop my physics that I've been doing in year nine because I really enjoyed biology and especially chemistry and Mm -hmm. I just mainly considered that I wanted a few of the ones that I really liked and a few that I knew that I liked and was going to be helpful in the future.
0: And how do you find it different now studying GCSEs compared to life in the lower school?
2: I really enjoy it to be honest I think it's much nicer to have almost your life is being controlled by you in a way you feel more individual you feel you know more powerful in a way because you've uh, chosen the subjects that you've wanted and things and it's really nice but obviously it's quite a lot of work but you know get through it sometimes
0: <laughs> and when it came to choosing a language what was it about Spanish that made you choose that instead of a different language
2: Well, year seven through year nine, I've been doing Spanish, Latin and French. And although I did like French quite a lot, I thought when I started doing Spanish, I just knew it was amazing because... I understood it way more and you know mm. there wasn't as many things that I was questioning so and Latin mm. I although I did like it and it was a really interesting language I didn't think that it was going to be as useful going on so I dropped that one.
0: Well I guess that having had that basis that understanding of Latin in the first place then that's helpful for for learning all languages and and just you know that that's good to have throughout your life but then being able to speak Spanish yeah. later in life is, uh, is is a great thing to have. <laughs> And then you mentioned geography as well. What is it about geography?
2: I think I've always quite liked geography, to be honest. You know, I've always been able to do quite well. I've never had a sudden, you know, drop in my grades or anything. So it was quite consistent. And that kind of reassured me that I would do okay at GCSE. So it was Mm. kind of one of those ones that I was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to carry on with that. (laughs) And it's also really interesting.
0: So what would you say is some of the best things then about doing your GCSEs at St. Edward's?
2: I think especially when we were picking our options, we got a lot of information about, you know, what it would lead on to and stuff and what we would cover in our GCSE years. So I think the reassurance for me was really good because I get stressed about a lot of things. So it just made that decision easier for me. And also mm. with, just with individual subjects, everyone's so helpful and supportive and like, you know, there's so much help available.
0: Tell us a little bit more about that help. I mean, how, how did you go about getting that help? when you're in year nine and you're trying to decide which options to go for?
2: So I asked a lot of teachers about possible careers that it would lead on to and about how hard they think the subject is and how they would think I personally would do in it. So, yeah, I just wanted to get a guidance of, I kind of wanted to predict, you know, how I would do and how I'd feel whilst doing the GCSE.
0: And Darcy, how did you find talking to your parents about this kind of thing? Were were they helpful in terms of, you know, advising you about the, the best route to take or was it all just you and the school?
2: No, my, my parents definitely helped me because, you know, I didn't want to do a language at first because I thought, I've been looking at all these videos online, they're saying it's really hard and although I was doing well, I knew that obviously lots of people had struggled and I might struggle but then mm. my dad obviously and my mum just, they really helped me say, if you want to do it, don't be influenced by other people and try and, you know, think what's best for you in a way. <laughs> so yeah, I just made that, they helped me make that decision.
0: That's good advice from your parents. Sometimes parents might be a little bit concerned if their child wants to do something like, uh, well, actually something like sports science, because it, it could be seen as a less conservative or less safe option to take compared to something like physics or chemistry. Did your parents have any concerns at all about that or were they happy to go with your, your love of the sport?
2: I mean, I think they've always known that I really like sport and that I wanted to carry on for as long as I can. So they were kind of expecting that. And I think they wanted me to do that as well because they know how much I love it. But obviously, the decision was between sport science and physics. And I hadn't really, although I did like physics a lot and I wasn't too bad at it, it wasn't something that I enjoyed that much. So definitely sport science for me.
0: Okay, so let's imagine for a moment that you're talking to a uh, year nine pupil. And that year nine people, they're thinking to themselves, how do I go about doing this? What advice would you give to someone who's a year younger than you right now?
2: i will probably just say, think of what you like and, you know, do some research and into the subjects that you like and see what kind of careers you want to go into. And don't, you know, think that you're closing doors because obviously I've been informed by lots of people that you can still do other stuff, even if you don't pick the subject that might be just right for it. So there's lots of ways. It's all possible still.
0: And if any year nine pupils feeling a little bit stressed about choosing options right now? What would you say to them?
2: I mean, calm down. You've got lots of, <laughs> got lots of people that can help you with that decision, especially your parents and, you know, speak to there's a career advisor at the school and things, which I spoke to once or twice, which was quite helpful as well.
0: Well, Darcy, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for explaining all of this to us from a pupil point of view. It's been really good to hear, not just from Mr. Reynolds, from a teacher point of view, but from your point of view as well, being on the receiving end of choosing your options. So I wish you all the best for year 10 and year 11 and beyond. And I'm sure you'll do very well. But thank you very much for your time right now. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So that was Deputy Head Academic Senior School Chris Reynolds and Year 10 Pupil Darcy talking all about choosing and studying GCSEs at St Edwards. Thank you both of you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's really great to hear from you both. Now our next episode is coming out soon but in the meantime thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.